Welcome to Come and Reason with Christian psychiatrist and author Dr. Tim Jennings. Together we will reason through complex issues to find evidence-based answers that harmonize scripture, science, and our life experiences. I'm your Come and Reason host, Charles Mills. Today we take a fresh look at an old favorite, the Psalms as recorded in the Old Testament contains some of the most poetic and descriptive language found in the Bible. But Dr. Jennings says something is often lost in the translation. He writes in the preface to his paraphrase of that particular book of the Bible, quote, to understand what the writer had in mind originally, one has to understand the nature of the war between Christ and Satan, God's design laws, and the true character of love, end quote. Then he adds, quote, without understanding these essential truths, the bias of human law and the subsequent distortion of God get artificially woven into the translation and thus misunderstanding is perpetuated, end quote. The book of which I'm speaking is called The Remedy of the Lord in Song, the Psalms. And I've asked Dr. Jennings to share with us the ways he has tried to unbias the Psalms for our edification and spiritual education. Dr. Jennings joins us via Skype. This program is sponsored by Come and Reason Ministries. Okay, Dr. Jennings, take us to the Psalms and reveal what the Lord has taught you about this amazing collection of praises and prayers. Well, first, to be honest, I believe I am unbiasing it, but I'm sure there are those out there that think I'm probably adding my bias because we all have our biases. My bias is that God is the creator mm-hmm. and his character is love and that his laws are the laws that he built reality to operate upon that are always for our health and wellness and our good and life is built upon, like the laws of health, but they're all for our benefit. Well, what happened in the dark ages is that Christians came to view God's law functioning no different than the law of Rome, a Caesar making up rules and inflicting punishment to rule breakers. And then when translations came along, the translators having already accepted this idea about how law functions would translate in a lot of legal ideas and penal punishing type constructs that are not really part of the message. The the better way to understand it would be that sin takes one out of harmony with God. We're dead in trespass and sin, the Bible says. We have a terminal sin condition, and God is working through his agencies, ultimately Jesus Christ, to restore his law in us, right? My law in your heart and minds, which means restore us back to the life principles he built life to operate upon. Mm -hmm. And so when you interpret through those lenses, the Bible takes on a beautiful new perspective. And within the Psalms, there's other biases or concerns that come along as well through the translation, and that is the Hebrew language is very poorly understood. Much of the Old Testament, if you look in the lexicons, will say Hebrew poorly understood or Hebrew not known, which means that the translators doing their honest best are inserting what they think it means, but it's not necessarily confirmed. And then the psalmist himself, they're writing in poem and in song. So much of the words used are used symbolically or artistically or poetically, and that leads another license. And if you don't understand the, the history, the perspective of the people at that time, the mindset, one psalm will read and give an example of that, mm-hmm. then people can misunderstand what is actually being said. So even in the what would be considered standard translations, there's a wide variety of how things are translated. For instance, Psalms 29.9 in the Good News Bible says, the Lord's voice shakes the oaks and strips the leaves from the trees. And the English Standard Version says, the Lord's voice makes the deer give birth and strips the forest bare. <laughs> Those actually aren't really the same thing. No. Shakes the oaks or makes the deer give birth because the Hebrew is so 
unknown that people are trying to make the best they can of it. I want to read two verses, Psalms 32, 3 and 4, out of several different translations and show how the healing perspective, design law, really, I think, brings to life what the real true Bible message is. So the first three versions, we're going to we'll go through these same verses and three versions and then the remedy. Mm-hmm. The first is the Good News Bible, Psalms 32, 3 and 4. And it says, when I did not confess my sins, I was worn out from crying all day long. Day and night, you punished me. Lord, my strength was completely drained as moisture is dried up by the summer heat. Then the English Standard Version. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. And the King James Version. When I kept silent, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer. And then this is what I believe the real message is through design law, understanding our sin-sick condition and God's plan to heal us. When I held on to my guilt and shame, refusing to talk to God, I stressed myself and my body decayed because every day I screamed no, denying the truth. But day and night, your healing hand pressed firmly upon me. My resistance evaporated like water in the summer heat. Dr. Jennings, I just have to say that that makes a whole lot more sense. That one you just read from The Remedy makes a whole lot more sense in the light of who we have discovered Christ to be and how he interacts with us. That's exactly right. And this is what I believe has happened to much of Scripture, that because there's a bias of law, because there's a bias that God punishes, because they think sin is a legal problem rather than a condition of being, a lot of distortion gets added in. And God looks to be very harsh at times when, in fact, sin is our enemy, and God is our Savior who is saving us from sin. Let's read another. Okay. Psalms chapter 1 from the Remedy. Happy and healthy are those who refuse to listen to the selfish, or practice the methods of exploitation, or develop minds that mock God and his designs. Instead, they delight in God's methods and designs. They study, adore, and internalize his protocols constantly. They are like trees planted by a stream, drawing in life-giving nourishment and producing fruit of a godly character. They will not wither and die. Whatever they do flourishes. Do you see the flavor of that? Yes, I do. I do. And it's just so welcoming. And again, I think that we have become jaded with this distortion that we almost don't trust God to be good, to be kind, to be loving to us. Would I be right in saying that? That's exactly right. And that as it comes through in much of the translations. Yeah. You know, there are places that even with the translation, you still see, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Yeah. We see this, the beauty of God's character, but so much of it is, is obscured by this artificial layer of a punishing God when the Bible teaches very clearly that the wages of sin is death and sin when full grown brings forth death. The condition itself destroys us and God is our Savior. Let me read another psalm out of the NIV. This is Psalms 133, and this goes back to what I was saying earlier about how if you don't know the symbolic nature of what the psalmist is doing, referencing things that Jewish people in his day would have understood had significance or meaning to, this may sound really strange or mysterious, and then I'll read it to you out of the remedy, okay? Yes. This is only three verses. Okay. This is from the NIV, Psalms 133. How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. 
It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard and upon the collar of his robes. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. Well, that's kind of nice, but it doesn't necessarily <laughs> resonate in the heart, does it? No, it doesn't. <laughs> okay, so I unpack that a little bit and, and take and try to connect it to the reality. In Bible, there's lots of simile, there's lots of metaphor, there's lots of symbolism, there's lots of parables. But metaphors and symbolism are only uh, helpful to the degree they point us to some reality. The Bible's always trying to lead us back to God's reality. And so here's how I render this through design law, trying to connect us to the reality of the meaning if we understand that the oil is symbolic of the Holy Spirit, and the Spirit is the Spirit of truth and love. We understand that Aaron was the high priest, and as the high priest, he's representative of Christ and, and uh, the, the perfection of Christ that he develops and, and the character that we have, and it's no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me, and so forth. When we bring all these pieces together, then it goes something like this. How beautiful and pleasant it is when God's people live together in harmony. This happens when the oil of love and truth cleanses the mind, oil poured on the head and saturate the growth and development, running down the beard, and saturate the growth and the development of our leaders, running down Aaron's beard, and become part of the character, running down upon his robes. It is like the life-giving love from heaven, like dew from Hermon, falling upon the people, falling on Mount Zion. Into the hearts of the people is where God imparts his remedy, healing them to everlasting life. You know, Dr. Jennings, this book, The Remedy of the Lord in Song, the Psalms, I think should be required reading for anyone who is trying to understand God's character because you have stripped away that distortion, you have stripped away that bias, and you have presented God, I believe, as Jesus would want to be presented. This is the whole goal, to help people yes. connect and see the truth about God and his plan to heal and save. That he feels our pain, he suffers with us, but he's got a plan to restore us. Let's read from Psalms 27, particularly in the light in which we're living today, where so many people are afraid. It says, the Lord enlightens me and heals me. Why should I be afraid? The Lord keeps me safe. Why should I be afraid? When selfish people attack me and try to destroy me, they will stumble and fall. Even if surrounded by an entire army, I will not be afraid. Even if the army attacks, I will trust the outcome to God. There is one thing I desire from the Lord, one thing my heart truly wants to be part of the Lord's family and live in his house all my life, to gaze upon his beauty and have him as my teacher. Mm, that is beautiful, beautiful. Can you give us another one? Yes, I sure can. Let's go to Psalms 47. Come, everyone, all people of the earth, clap your hands, cheer for the Lord, celebrate him and shout for joy. For the Lord God, the almighty creator, is overwhelming and awesome, the great king who governs the entire earth. He speaks to all the nations among us, to the people placed at our feet. He has chosen the earth as our home, the radiant possession of those who with God prevail. In our hearts, God has risen with shouts of joy. We adore the Lord with praise of trumpets. Mm -hmm. 
I think we have time for one more, Dr. Jennings. Could you share one more from the remedy of the Lord in song, the Psalms? Yes, this is part of uh, chapter 130. From the depths of despair, I cry out, O Lord. Hear my plea, O Lord. Pay close attention to my deep need of your healing mercy. O creator God, if you kept records of sin, who could avoid legal condemnation? But you forgive freely and heal what is wrong. Therefore, you are loved and revered. I rely on the Lord with my entire being, and I trust in his remedy. I long for the Lord more than watchmen's wait for morning. Yes, more than the watchman waits for morning. O people of God, put your trust in the Lord, for the Lord is the source of infinite, never-failing love, and from him is full restoration to perfect, everlasting life. He himself will heal and save his people from all their sinfulness. Oh my, that is so beautiful. On today's program, we've been listening to Dr. Jennings read from his book, The Remedy of the Lord in Song, the Psalms, a paraphrase of the beautiful Psalms found, of course, in the Bible. Listener, if you'd like to read more of The Remedy of the Lord in Song, the Psalms, along with the entire New Testament and Genesis, it is available free in both Android and Apple app stores. Just go to your app store and search for The Remedy Bible, or you can go to comeandreason.com and read it online there. And while you're at comeandreason.com, a lot of other resources the doctor has made available to us at comeandreason.com. Dr. Jennings, thank you so much for sharing with us today. Those are beautiful words that you've made available to us. Thank you so much. Thank you, Charles. This program is sponsored by Come and Reason Ministries. And until next time, this is Charles Mills, along with Dr. Tim Jennings, wishing you God's presence in your life. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for spending time with us today. To continue the journey, I urge you to visit comeandreason.com. Here you'll find many excellent resources to help you gain a deeper understanding of the God we all love and serve. That's at comeandreason.com. This is Charles Mills, along with Dr. Tim Jennings, inviting you to join us the next time we come and reason together. <music>